Lecture topic. Thirst for Deen. From time to time we have this little gathering of this nature rather than a bayan. We read from the writings, from the words of our Kavir and discuss something in that regard. In a bayan also the same things are discussed. It is only their benefit that we try to imbibe ourselves and pass on. There is nothing that is available elsewhere. It is what they have taught, what has come down through all the pious predecessors and through our kabir. But sometimes to read through the statements, their writings, their works, and to understand it in their words, that has its own benefit and own flavor as well. And it opens out many, many things. These compilations, this is what we will read from, are the malfuzat. Malfuzat refers to the statements, the various advices from time to time. The malfuzat of Hazrat Maasha Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullahi. He was the Sheikh of our Sheikh Hazrat Maulana Shah Hakim Mahmud Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi. So this is a compilation by Arif Billah Hazrat Maulana Shah Hakim Mahmud Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi. He compiled these malfuzat, these statements, these advices. And when reading these statements, these advices, their writings, one is in the company of the author. This is an aspect that we should never ever lose sight of when reading anything. That when a person is reading something, he is in the company of the author. And the kind of author that he would be, in whose company he is, that is the effect that is going to rub off on him. If the author is somebody who has the connection with Allah Ta'ala in him, he has taqwa in his life, he has muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, then a person is going to be in the company of that author, so this is what will rub off onto him too. And if the author is somebody irreligious, somebody far from deen, the author has some corrupted ideas, or somebody even without deen entirely, so that is going to be also rubbing off. There's something discussed many, many times, that before reading the book, read the author, meaning know who the author is. Because that would be the influence that one is going to take. So, many of the mashayikh used to emphasize to read their discourses, their writings, etc. to those people who are away from them, they can't come regularly to their majalis. So, they used to say that the writings of the sheikh, this is the substitute when that original is not available. So, not that this is to be taken as the original, but when the original is not available, a person is a distance away, he can't regularly attend the majlis of his sheikh, so then even the writings serve as a substitute, provided it is read with the same adab and read with the same talab. These are the two vital ingredients for benefit. 
whether it is a person is sitting in any gathering of deen it might be even something that we might just take by the way for example the talim that takes place in our masjid after isha salah after maghrib salah whenever the talim takes place it might be the juma bayan that's taking place it might be some other deeni gathering it is to the extent of talab and adab that the benefit will be achieved talab that thirst for it i want this this is for me i need it this is my need is not something that let's see how it is now well sometimes i just have to be there because now it's juma now so now i got to be there for the bayan because if i don't get there in time other must part of the khutbah so now it is more out of having no option or now i'm part of this bayan because i have to attend that walima now because if i don't come there in time for the bayan and i attend the walima only and says was chapita shortcut i got to show my face now so then that will obviously not bring that desired effect and benefit the desired benefit will come based on these two factors the talab is my need i need it and together with that the adab so now even if a person is sitting somewhere distant away and he is reading something some writing of the mashayikh or is listening to some talk of deen some recording but if it is somehow a kind of entertainment nobody will do it specifically for that purpose to entertain himself now he is listening to some bayan but sometimes it becomes like a kind of pastime now i got nothing to do nothing else to do and i need to occupy myself with something so now it becomes a kind of pastime so listen to some bayan so obviously that's not the purpose of listening to a bayan to pass time the person listen he might get some benefit also but the benefit will come when there's number one talab that the desire is there this is for me i need it and there's adab so he is listening to it somewhere distant away he might be listening for a shorter period might be not listening to a two hour bayan listening for 20 minutes but with full adab this is the talk of deen to the words of allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is the explanation of the quran sharif of the sunnah so now with that adab he will listen in that short time he'll benefit far more than listening for 2 hours in a casual manner and as a pastime so what we will read is in urdu and translate and explain inshallah but there's much already available in english as well of our kabir this is the malfuzat of the thanwi rahmatullah alayhi available the translation of it now many mawais are available many many talks of our sheikh azad mashaki mohammad khatr sahab rahmatullah alayhi available in english many other mashayikh of the akabir of our country present and those who are passed on now hazrat mohammad khatr sahab rahmatullah alayhi many of his mawais are available hazrat mohammad hamid sahab rahmatullah barakatuhum so these are things to make part of our program even if it's 10 15 20 minutes a day but again these two vital ingredients talab and adab not as a pastime not for the sake of seeing now what's in here so something of interest if a person reads for his need allah will open his need for him and many people have had this experience that they 
took some kitab of one of the mashayikh and they started reading not at random, in sequence but purely for that purpose, this is my need so so more often than not it happened that there was some major question in the mind, some issue on that day and our person is reading in sequence, he's not searching for something around that let's see now what I'm looking for, where is it? he's reading in sequence, so he read two pages, three pages, the next day he carried on from there another five pages, he carried on but the answer he was looking for came in that portion of that day's reading how that came in that particular way, Allah Ta'ala makes it happen but it happens on Stalab and Adab so that is the very vital ingredient in all the aspects of Deen that what kind of Stalab and Adab a person has, Allah Ta'ala then grants that kind of benefits so there's some selection of malfuzat here, we will just read a few and try to understand the message therein. Very simple lessons which you've heard over and over again. And that is the issue that there's nothing new about these advices, these lessons. But if we think about it and reflect and ponder, we'll find that we still have a long way to go to acquire it. We've heard it dozens of times, but how much have we acquired it? That's the question. And therefore, we have to keep reading it, listening to it, trying to understand it, conveying it, purely for this purpose that it must become part of our life. So the first malfuz that is here, Irshad farmaya ke agar har amal mein aadmi niyat durust kar le, to ye rasta bohot jalte ho jata hai. Now this is the aslul usul. This is the root issue of even the root. This says that Har amal me admi niyat durus Every action, if a person corrects his intention, then he can very quickly traverse this path of getting close to Allah Ta'ala. Intention. And really, we have just confined intention to person performing salah, what is intention? little bit more than that he's making tilawat of the Quran Sharif his intention must be for Allah Ta'ala alone obviously and it mustn't be to show somebody or he's doing some other righteous works like for example he's giving charity he mustn't have any intention of name and fame and a few things of this nature are what we confine it to whereas intention runs through every action every single action every word and deed there's an intention behind it nothing happens without a motive without some intention if a person is saying something there's an intention in it what is the intention? so the intention could be that I want to share something with somebody I want to tell them it will help him someday so I had some experience so now I want to share that experience with the person he might also benefit something out of it because he is in a similar field or whatever so that's one intention to benefit somebody and the same thing the intention can be to impress him I am also not behind I have done these things also, I have been there as well I have done that as well now the same thing was said the intention could have been to benefit somebody the intention could be just to raise one status and position to the intention and that will either take a person closer to Allah or drop him. 
It's a, just a general talk. It's apparently got nothing related to any dini discussion. But that general talk, provided obviously it's permissible, if it is impermissible talk, then it's already gone. If it involves any ghibad, then that is totally a disaster. But it's permissible talk. But that permissible talk could have been a source of dini benefit to him, or taking him away from Allah Ta'ala. What made the difference? The niyat, the intention. So this is what Hazrat is saying here, her amal me admi, her amal. Her amal means every action. It's not confined to just what we deem to be something that needs niyat. Like for example, now a person is performing salah, or is making tilawat, or is making zikr, or is giving charity, or he's doing something of this nature. That is obvious. That goes without saying. But apart from that, every action. If a person learns to correct his niyat, then very quickly he'll traverse this path. There's no difficulty in it whatsoever. Jab bolna ho, bazaar jana ho, har qal, har fail se pehle, apne dil se sawal kar liya jaye. Kyu bolte ho? Kyu ye kaam karte ho? As says, when a person speaks something, or he's going to the bazaar somewhere, or every action, every word, every deed, beforehand, before that, ask oneself. Why am I saying this? That as soon as now I want to say it, so where am I starting from? I'm starting from I. I I once did this and I once so why am I saying this I story? Is it just because I want to be somebody also? Or is it some other valid reason that I'm saying it? So every word, why I'm speaking, why am I going to where I'm going to? There's something that I could have bought around the corner. I decided to go a little bit further up, drive another kilometer extra. So now, why? So maybe because it's cheaper there, that's possible. But then now it's cheaper there, the one kilometer, the cost of that one kilometer might just exceed that saving. So then still why I'm going there? So maybe the cashier has got some interest there. Now, shaitan lurks behind all these things. That now there's some, something of interest there. If a person doesn't train himself to think beforehand, that will just become like a past. I didn't speak to anybody, I didn't do anything. But why? What I, what I went there for? Was there any valid reason to take that extra one kilometer drive? If we really start learning to check our intentions, we might sometimes find these things lurking beneath the surface. That there was a shaitani motive. Shaitan was, that was motivating that extra drive. So this is what is being meant here, that everything a person has to ask himself, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Am I saying it because this will be a source of getting some reward from Allah Ta'ala? Am I saying it for some other motive? Or ek minute soch kar bole ke hak ta'ala ki khushnudi is all ya fail me se maksood hai ya nahi. So just think for a minute. Minute, few seconds also. That do I really have this at heart that I want to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala in this? I'm saying this, I want to make Allah happy. Or is it just that I want, I'm saying it because I want to run somebody down? 
I am saying it because I want to just humiliate someone. I am saying it because I just want to hurt somebody. I just want to make somebody feel down and humiliate them, just disgrace somebody, just vent and take revenge in some way. What's my motivation? Why am I doing this? Think before it. Agar razai ilahi maqsood na ho, wahi ruk jahe. When a person has trained himself and he has repeatedly thought before doing something, then now when he starts thinking in this manner and asking himself this question, is this motivated by the zeal to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? The answer will come sometimes no. If he's honest to himself and he's learned to do this, then very often his heart will speak. Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Istafti qalbak. That ask your heart. Now, literally translated, Istafti meaning, take the fatwa from your heart. But now sometimes people take this in the wrong context. So a person says, I don't have to go ask any mufti now. Ask the fatwa from your heart. So that, ask the fatwa from your heart, if your heart is a mufti. But what this actually refers to, that there are many times, many times, that a person doesn't have to ask anybody to know something is wrong. His heart will testify already that something is wrong. Well, ismu ma haqa fi sadrik. The Bishlasun says that sin is that which troubles the heart. Now, if somebody's heart is dead, nothing will trouble it. And the worst thing he'll do also, he'll say, I didn't get any trouble in my heart. So that's not, the, such a heart is not the basis for anything. But the person whose heart is conscious, then if something is wrong, there'll be something troubling in the heart. That this is not sounding right. Or forget sounding right, it is not right. The heart will testify that I'm thinking now, I'm trying to appease myself, that this is a customer now. So I've got to talk to the customer in a way that I can sell purpose is now to sell, so I've got to talk to the customer. But now ask the heart properly, that this kind of talk, and this manner of looking at the customer, was it because to just sell? Or was the shaitani motivation in there? I take a haram pleasure out of looking at that female customer now. And the talk now is being extended, even after the sale was done through, but now, what else is selling now? So now the shaitani motivations get mixed up in the whole process. And if a person hasn't learned to keep asking himself the question, then the heart is going to die off eventually. And he's not going to talk anything. But if the person keeps that conscience alive, and he remains conscious, then when he'll ask himself the question, the heart will testify, look, there's a problem here, just stay away. You already overstepped the mark, the heart will talk. So, as soon as the person now has trained himself to keep asking this question, now he'll ask himself again on something he wants to do, or he has already started doing, is this for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Will Allah get happy with this? The heart will say no. So that's the point to stop immediately. Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hay Arifi Rahmatullah he was among the senior khulafa of Hazrat Mashafari Thanwi Rahmatullah So he, in order to encourage others and to teach them. So he gave his own experience. 
So he said, Alhamdulillah, I trained myself to stop and think before every action. That what is the purpose and why I'm doing this? And then to make the right intention and then do it. Not to do it even a, a permissible thing, not to do it even without intention. But to do it with the right intention. It's valid, perfectly permissible, there's no, nothing wrong about it. But something which is perfectly permissible, but done without an intention, without any valid intention or good intention rather, then it still was a loss in the sense that a person could have gained something out of it. But he lost out on that. And that permissible action done with a good intention will also earn the reward of Ibadat. I said, I trained myself, everything I did, I carried on asking myself and then making a correct intention. And it took a few years. He says, after a few years it became natural. Initially, it was an effort. Then it would have got easier as the days went, but it was still an effort. Now how a person breathes without thinking, he doesn't have to think to breathe, doesn't have to keep intending to breathe, just breathes naturally. It became natural to first make a good intention. Then he gave an example that if I came home and my little child came running towards me, it's just a natural reaction of a father now, the whole day he wasn't around and now when he came back and the child came running, the grandchild came running, so now he picks the child up in love and affection. So he says, even at that moment, before just grabbing the child, I stopped to think first. And I brought to heart and mind that Rasulullah when his grandchild, Hazrat Hassan, Hazrat Hussain, when they would come, Nabi Islam would pick them up with muhabbat, with affection. So I'm going to do this out of ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah He did the same thing he would have done in any case, but he got the reward of ibadati, of ittiba sunnah. Now this is the effect of intention, it's such a great thing. And so much can be earned out of just learning to correct our intention and make a good intention. In permissible things, it's a matter of making a good intention because you're going to do the same thing in any case. Person is going to do the same thing, he's not going to do something else. But with a good intention, he transformed that action into ibadat. And without that intention, it just stayed as it was. So this is such a great and such a major benefit that you will get just by learning how to make the correct intention. Now he asked his heart, is this going to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? The heart testified, no, stop right there. If the heart testified, yes, then go ahead. This says one has to be very, very carefully scrutinizing the intentions of his heart. Scrutinizing, not only in the masjid, Everywhere, in the business also, at home as well, wherever one might be, whoever we are talking to, to scrutinize our intentions. Why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? Har waqt zahir aur batin ko marzye ilahi ke tabi rakhna asal fakiri hai. At every moment to keep one's external and internal self 
in accordance to what is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. One's external and internal self. So, mashallah, the external self, Allah Sadal and Tawfiq, we are seated here, Allah has blessed us with that Tawfiq that, Alhamdulillah, that has come in order. But deen doesn't finish off with the external self. External self is very important and necessary. It cannot be discounted and cannot be compromised. But the external self is still the external self. It's the external self is like the body and the internal self is the soul. So obviously the body is very important, but if the soul is dead, that body also will rot. Regardless of how beautiful that body might be, the soul leaves, that body is going to rot. So no matter how well the external self has been groomed, but if the batin is corrupted, is involved in all kinds of evil, then it's going to impact on everything, regardless of what the external self is. So the zahir also is necessary, the external self is necessary, but the batin is even more important. اپنے نفس بال بچوں کے لیے ملازمت تجارت خرید و فروخت کے جتنے مشاغل ہیں نیت رضائے الہی سے سب دین بن جاتے ہیں سیز دیٹ واٹ ایور پرسن ڈز فور ون سیلف فور ون فیملی ون چلڈرن ہز ورک ہز بزنس ہز بائنگ اینڈ سیلنگ اینی ایکشن اینڈ اینی آکیوپیشن واٹ ایور ہی ڈز اف ہی ہیز دا نیت آف پلیزنگ اللہ تبارک و تعالیٰ آبویسلی واٹ از ڈوئنگ از ود ان دا لمس آف شریعت He is not doing something haram obviously, not doing something impermissible. So what is within the limits of Shariat, but he is doing it with the niyat of pleasing Allah Ta'ala and doing it with a good intention, all this will become deen. The second malfuz here, which is an advice. Ishaad farmaya ki Allahumma kfini bi halalika an haramik wa aghnini bi fadlika amman siwaak. کہ متعلق حضور صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے ارشاد فرمایا کہ اگر احد پہاڑ کے برابر قرض کسی پر ہو تو اس کی برکت سے ادا ہو جائے گا دعا آف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اینڈ حدی شریف ترمیزی شریف پرسن ہو ریسائٹس اللہ مکفنی بحلال کا ان حرامک و Allah suffice me with what is halal from everything impermissible. Allah, make this halal sufficient for me and make me independent out of your grace from everyone besides you. I should be dependent on you alone. So person who recites this dua regularly, the Hadith Sharif is mentioned that even if he has debts to the extent of Mount Uhud, Allah Ta'ala will enable those debts to get paid off. This is the malfuz of Hazrat Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah Alayhi Hazrat says May makruz musulmano ko sattar baar Awal akhir durul sharif Teen teen baar Har roz parne ko bata diya karta hu He says I prescribe those who are in debt To recite it 70 times Together with durul sharif 3 times before and after Daily 70 times Together with durul sharif 3 times before and after And this is in the hadith sharif That Allah Ta'ala will enable the person to pay out those debts even if it amounts to Mount Uhud. A very important aspect nevertheless to bear in mind with regards to these amal, these wazaif, that all these are aspects, the virtues that are mentioned, 
are explaining the effect that this has in itself. This is its effect. And that effect is a reality. That effect is not some fairy tale. That effect is a reality. But all this is linked to certain aspects, certain conditions. And that it should not be mixed up with anything else. For example, just to take it with a very simple example, water, this person is feeling hot and he takes the water and he throws it over himself, he's taking a bath now with just that cold water, it's going to make him cool. So water, that's its nature. The nature of water is to cool. It's cool in itself and it will cool what it falls on. A person in a scorching hot day, so now he's standing under a shower of cold water. So that water now is cooling him because that's its nature. So a person now claims that water cools, somebody stands under that shower and he'll testify definitely this is the case, I'm feeling it. He takes some, some water out of a river and throws it upon himself, he jumps into the, he feels the coolness. But now take that same water and put it on fire for a while. And put it in a container and put it on fire for a while. Now it started boiling. Now somebody takes that water, he says, I'm feeling very hot, so I want to cool myself. So he takes that boiling water and he throws it upon himself. So first he was feeling hot, now he'll be on fire. Now he says, this person who claimed that water has a cooling effect, he was saying something he doesn't have any idea about. This doesn't add up at all. I did exactly what he said. I poured water over myself, but I was feeling hot, I started burning out of this. He says, well, that water was now mixed up with the effect of fire. So let alone the water cooling, the fire, it's, the water itself started burning. Water doesn't burn, water cools. But now it's got attached to the effect of fire. So the water, let alone cool, cooling, the water itself now is burning. So what you're going to have to do? Keep the water aside for a while, away from the fire. Keep it aside from the fire and allow the effect of that fire to disappear from it. So it will need a period of time, it will need 15 minutes, half an hour, depending how hot it was. After a while, now you use that water, now it is in its original state. It's not mixed up with anything. It is in its original natural condition. In its natural condition, you will benefit from its, what its nature is all about. The nature of water is to cool. Now you throw that water over yourself and you'll feel the coolness. So likewise, all these aspects that are mentioned in the ahadith of Rasulullah whatever is authentically established is haq, it is 100% certain, it is more certain than on the mid, in the middle of the day, a person can stand outside and see the sun shining and somebody tells him it's not shining. So, obviously he can't believe that. Because he can see it himself, it's so certain. He doesn't need anybody to tell him the sun is shining. More certain than that also, is what Rasulullah said. So, that certainty is there, but if he brought it in the... together with sin, he mixed it up. Meaning, his, himself, he mixed himself with sin. 
So now when he mixed himself with sin, and now he's putting this wazifa over himself, but the effect of the sin is still burning from within. That sin is going to overcome the effect that this would have given him. But then he keeps himself away from the sin for a while. Meaning he may toba, istighfar, not for a while to go back. But now he'll take a while to come out of that effect completely. But now when he's come out of that effects of that sin, he'll see the benefit of that wazayif he's reciting, of that tasbihat he's making, of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, of the salatul haja. So it is not a matter of a person taking the medication, but he's taking the medication with ice for the flu now, and he wants to knock out the cold, but he's taking that medication with ice cold water, and he's got that air conditioner on, full blast, and he's taking no precautions against the cold in any way, that medication is not going to have its effect in that case. The medication has its effect in itself, but it's not going to show its effect, because this is going to overcome it. So therefore, these things are to be practiced on, but never to forget that the main aspect is staying away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Together with that, we'll see the benefit of all these aspects, what Rasulullah has mentioned to us. Nazam al-Fuz of Irshad Farmaya, Ki Haq Ta'ala Shanahu Ne Irshad Farmaya, Inna Ba'da Zanni Is, Tahqeeq Ke Baaz Guman Guna Hota Hai. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has said, Inna Ba'da Zanni Is, Some thoughts are sin. Some thoughts are sin. Or Baaz Muta'ayyan Nahi, that some hasn't been define that how many for example say 20% or 30% or 50% that hasn't been stipulated meaning it could just from person to person whose thoughts are what but meaning some thoughts are sin now what is this which thoughts are sin when a person is harboring ill thoughts about somebody else suspicions jumping to conclusions about somebody's intention and these kind of negative thoughts about others now there's no basis for it or there's a supposed basis for it but there's no concrete proof for anything and now a person is harboring that in his heart about somebody and now this is where numerous issues stem out of numerous problems Problems in homes, between husband and wife, between family members, between extended family, in businesses, in the workplace, between colleagues. Many, many problems stem simply out of this what is termed as badgumani. Harboring ill thoughts, jumping to some conclusion about what somebody meant. And... Sometimes they say, well, see, it's all there, just join the dots. If you want to draw a picture of something, you'll find dots anywhere to join. Say, just join the dots. A person wants to draw a square, says, join the dots. So now they'll, they'll find any dots anywhere to join the square. The whole world will find dots. So joining the dots doesn't mean anything, that's not proof. So no, it's, can't you just see it? Say, see what? See, read between the lines. He's blind between the lines. 
There's nothing written there. There's writing on top, there's writing under. Between the lines is blank. Says, no, but I can see it. What you can see? Show me also. So no, I can't show you, I can see it. So no, we can see it, what we're putting in our mind. When a person has already got something in his mind, and it's so strongly already there, then he sees illusions of that all the time. He dreams about the same thing too. And this is the, one of the prime tools of shaitan to create problems. Prime tools. Because it doesn't take any effort to use this. To create some other issue might be still some, depending on who it is, what it is. Person, mashallah, is conscious of deen now. He dresses in a proper manner. He's regular in the masjid. He's reciting Quran Sharif already daily too. And then he's involved in deeny work as well. So now shaitan is not going to so easily take this person to go to the zina den somewhere. He's not going to be able to take this person to go gambling somewhere. He's not going to be able to make this person now, because he has a certain well position in, among the sight of people now, he's not going to be able to make this person now start using vulgar languages everywhere. But to whisper badgubani in his heart, very easy. So Shaitan will not be able to take certain people so easily to certain sins. But certain things Shaitan will get anyone involved in. Ghibat, Shaitan will get anyone involved in. Person not conscious and alert. He'll get the person involved in Ghibat, who has just completed his Tahajjud Salah, maybe in the Haram Sharif, it might be even in, in Ramadan, it might be the 27th night of Ramadan too. And he might be right in front of Baytullah. And in fact, he might be in the Hatim as well. But Shaitan won't leave that opportunity also, somehow to get him involved in some ghibat maybe. Or get him involved in some bad nazri, in some haram glance right there too. So certain things Shaitan finds the opportunity to get anybody involved in. And when this becomes an ongoing thing, then that's when we start seeing things between the lines that never existed. But we can see it. But it never existed. And this is one of shaitan's prime issues. So now we start building and doing things. Building meaning we start taking steps, start making decisions, start taking action based on our supposition. We start taking steps and start deciding, I need to do this now and I need to do that and I need to sort that out. Why? Because of this first point. The first point was what? My presumption. That bad gumani that came in my mind, which was whispered by shaitan. Just on this bad gumani, how sometimes, from where to where this goes. So, one person happened to just overhear something. So he overheard just something, now his cousin is talking to maybe somebody else, and he overheard. And he got a shock what he heard. Now he didn't care to verify. Now it happened that that person was previously married and he was now no more married, he was divorced. Now he heard something about that person who now was previously married and divorced. This cousin of his talking something about that person. He just heard something and he got such a shock. He immediately put it, started sending a message to somebody. That I'm shocked, I can't believe what I just heard. So that person asked what you heard. 
So now he's taking the person's name. This person went and bashed his ex-wife. Went and bashed his ex-wife? How could he do this? Now that became a viral message. People are coming and asking, what's your problem? How can you ever do this? He said, do what? Now when finally they reached the source of it, where you heard it from, I heard it from so and so. Went to ask him, what did you say? He said, where did did I say this? I said he smashed his X5. And now, this, from where to where he took it? He went and said he bashed his ex-wife. Now he had joined the dots. This person was previously married, he's divorced now. He heard half and he joined the dots. And he just, where to where? Now it sounds that this is an extreme case, but it might not be so extreme generally, but it turns out like this. And small, what we might regard as small, but things that don't exist, that becomes an issue. This is also probably just a story for the moral that there were somebody, two brothers. Now, one brother, he lost his wife. His wife passed away. And in the same time, the other brother was, he used to do fishing as a business. So he had a boat, he used to go and fish the whole day and come back and sell fish. So that was his livelihood. That boat was everything for him. It wasn't just a pleasure thing. It happened that that boat capsized. Now both things happened at the same time. In the same period of time. Maybe within days apart. One person's wife passed away. One brother, the other brother, his boat capsized and sunk. Now there was one aunt who was living very far away. Never saw them for such a long time. Now she got this message as well. That my nephews, I haven't seen them for years. Now both of them, this person, his livelihood was all dependent on this and his boat capsized, this person lost his wife. So she came to now come and visit them, Tazia, console them. So she didn't know, forgot or rather didn't know for sure whose wife passed away and whose boat capsized. So she ended up going to visit the one nephew first whose boat had capsized. But she's thinking he lost his wife. Now she doesn't know that she's mixing it up. So now she came now and she's thinking he lost his wife, so she's now giving some words of consolation. But the words were not very, very clear of what she's referring to. So he didn't think also that she's talking about him losing his wife. He thought she's talking to him about him losing his boat. So now he's thinking now, hey, my aunt came from so far, you know, she's feeling so hurt about it. So to try and lighten her grief over it, He's saying, don't worry, you know, Allah Ta'ala will give you a better replacement. And so he's to trying to just console her now. He's saying to her, don't worry about it, it's an old thing, man. And, you know, I had enough of it in any case. <laughs> so she got a shock of her life. Where's this person's, you know, how can he even, if he, for whatever reason, he didn't like her too, but how can he talk like that? She's gone from dunya now, and he's still got this manner of talking about her. She got such a shock, she came out and she's talking to everybody that this person, he's got no other but no respect and they were wondering what she's talking about now. When they finally got to the bottom of it, she had mixed everything up and where to where. Now this is, somebody just probably made the story up for the moral, but this, as ajeeb as it seems, this is how it happens on a daily basis. On a daily basis these kind of things happen, maybe not so glaring, it might not be so glaring. 
But almost on a daily basis these kind of things happen. We're purely on a supposition. Saying you add put two and two together. Sometimes you're putting the two and two together, you're not even getting one and a half. Forget getting four out of it. But now you're getting that somehow that person is adding the two and two and getting five out of it. Now this is all this badgumani. And this is shaitan's prime weapon to cause problems, to cause issues. That now, you're having badgumani about somebody's intention. Sometimes something is even wrong. Something is wrong. Meaning somebody did something which was not in order. So that action is wrong. But that action, whatever it might have been, Supposing on a scale of 1 to 10, you have to now stipulate a number, now how wrong is this? So maybe it might be 3 out of 10. But that wrong, if it was done with a malicious intent, for example somebody bumped into someone's car, while he was walking, he had some sharp object in his hand, and he happened to be careless, and he scraped somebody's car person's brand new car, shining, and now he was walking with something, some steel, metal, whatever in his hand, he wasn't careful and he ended up scraping that person's car. That's wrong, somebody else's property that is, and he damaged it, so that damage is damage, and he has to take, has to sort it out, but now on the scale, if it's 1 to 10, if it's 3 out of 10, but because it was unintentional, it wasn't done deliberately, so it is 3 out of 10. But if you now put the intention of deliberate damage into it, that this was done deliberately, it was meant to damage, now it's no more 3 out of 10, now it becomes 11 out of 10. Because now this is deliberate damage to somebody else. Now many a times, there's something that has happened which is not right, but it was genuinely accidental. It was genuinely accidental. The person said something which was not right, but it was genuinely a slip of the tongue. But now shaitan doesn't let that go. He latches onto that. And now he'll bring the badgumani about the intent behind it. Now that person is saying, look, I, it was just a sheer mistake. I looked the other side, I didn't realize, I was already so close and I scraped it. No, no, I know you, I was just watching you from a long time. And you were waiting for this chance. It was just that you didn't realize I was standing here. Otherwise you would have poked it right in and scraped the whole thing out. Would have taken the whole panel out. But now you just got caught. A person is pleading his innocence in that regard. That this was accidental. But that Badgumani about his intent. Now we saw into his heart. The person is claiming now that is what is in the Ba'ad of Zanni is. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, that to stay very safe about this. How? You maintain good thoughts about everybody. And if you had perchance erred in this, that that person was actually up to something, but you did, you went to the positive uh, possibility about it, you won't be taken to task for that on the day of Qiyamah. Then why did you take the wrong possibility? He had an ill intent. And you dismissed it and said, no, no, he didn't have any ill intent. That will never ever be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. But the opposite? The opposite, there will be a big problem. In the Hadith Sharif, there is one incident mentioned. 
One Sahabi came back after one battle. The Sahaba came back, and Nabi Sallallahu now was being given the Targuzari, the report back, what would happen, and in that one incident was mentioned that this happened also, that one person he from the enemy, so a Sahabi had confronted him, so now they were face to face, and for a moment he got the upper hand, he struck at the Sahabi. And he cut out his hand. Cut his hand out. So this Sahabi then retaliated. Now he got the upper hand and he was about to strike him. And that would have been a fatal blow already. Now he took, after he, what you call, attacked the Sahabi, he took refuge behind the tree. Now this person was now going to take his life in any case. So at that moment now he suddenly recited La ilaha illallah. Now it's a battlefield. He's already now attacked. He's caused damage. And it's a matter of life and death now staring him in the face. And at that moment in this battlefield he says La ilaha illallah. The Sahabi took it on face value that he's saying La ilaha illallah purely to just save his life now. I mean all the signs now, you see, joining the dots. Now join all these dots. That now it's a battlefield, he's already attacked, he's done this damage, and now he's deciding la ilaha illallah. Now join all these dots, what circle do you get? He's only doing this purely out of trying to save his life, meaning he's not coming from his heart. It's only on his tongue, and he's just trying to save his life. So he went ahead and he still stuck at him and he killed him. Now when this whole matter came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Nabi called him, asked him that, أَقَتَلْتَهُ وَقَدْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That did you kill him though he read لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ so He replied and said, إِنَّهُ كَانَ مُتَعَوِّذًا He was just saving his life. He didn't have any intent to bring Iman. Because join all the dots, that's what it comes to. Read between the lines, what else would say? Nabi Sallallahu replied with one statement which should be engraved on our hearts. Why did you not go and open his heart and see? Why didn't you go and open his heart and see? Now if in reality somebody goes and cuts somebody's heart open, then he can't see. Because it's not something that is visible to the naked eye what the message was, then when you are not able to see this, how did you pass judgment on it? This is something that Allah Ta'ala knows. How are you making the judgment? This judgment is coming purely from shaitan. This is this badgumani. So this is the message and the lesson that is being given here, that this, in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, inna ba'da zanni ism, that some thoughts are sin and that some that's a very dangerous one that which which part of this falls so therefore to save us from this Nabi Salaam has given the command that zunnu bil mu'minina khaira that you maintain good thoughts with the believers when you will maintain good thoughts with the believers you will get saved from falling into this trap of badgumani of ill thoughts and get saved from this sin that comes with it Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, 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 alhamdulill